Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Listen, we had so much fun announcing the That Sounds Fun tour last week, and I'm loving hearing from so many of you who've already gotten your tickets. I cannot wait to see you all. If you haven't grabbed yours, what are you waiting for? Y'all, it's going to be the most fun. Remember, there are only 100 tickets to the VIP experience in each city, so those will go fast. So head to AnnieFDowns.com for all that information. Today on the podcast is one of my absolute faith heroes, someone I have loved for years. Francis Chan is a New York Times bestselling author of several books, including Crazy Love, Letters to the Church. His new book is called Until Unity. It came out on April 1st. Currently, he and his family split their time in ministry between church planting in Northern California and Asia. And this conversation about unity in the church and what it means for us is really um, important. I just felt really moved by it. So I hope you enjoyed as well. Here's my conversation with Francis Chan. Pastor Chan, thanks for making time to be on here with us today. Oh, yeah, of course. Good to be here. I mean, I know the podcast is called That Sounds Fun, but we do talk about a lot of things. So I hope I That's hope you were good. prepped that I'm not just going to force you to talk about fun things this whole time. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Though we will. We will talk about fun things. Okay. Okay. You aren't playing around with this book until Unity. And mm. so we just we're just going to jump in because if there's one mm. thing that that is feels painful right now in the church. It's the disunity. So when did you write this? How did the pandemic play in? What do you feel like? What do you feel like we can do? Let's just go. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, I I mean, ah, there's so much. This has been on my mind for several years now. And it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. The more I study the scriptures, the more I'm going, what in the world are we doing? Uh, The way we are uh, acting out as a church makes absolutely no sense biblically. And the more I study the scriptures, the more I'm convinced of this. And a lot of it, uh, you know, I just realized Okay, I've been a Christian for about 40 years now. And I, right when I became a believer, uh, I jumped into this Bible quizzing, memorizing competition because I was so competitive. I just, any com- competition I'm in, okay, and I'm going to win. And I did, okay. <laughs> but the first passage I memorized was John chapter 14 through John chapter 17. Oh my gosh, you 40- memorized the whole prayer. Oh yeah, 40 years ago, okay? I, and we memorized John for one, three, and 10 that year too. So My gosh. just, but I was, it was hitting me. I'm going, God, I memorized this literally 40 years ago and I didn't get it. I haven't understood it. I don't know it. And I'm reading these passages where Jesus is saying, I and the Father are one, you know, and they have this relationship and he's, he's inviting us into this oneness with God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and how they, they interact with each other. And now we can have that with one another and with him. And sure, I memorized it, but I didn't know it and I haven't known it. And I'm still in this process of learning it. And I'm going, what have we been doing all these years? You know, it's a lot of it is this horizontal relationship with each other. And we don't quite understand like this incredible mystery we're invited into. And it's because of that, that we're not, we're not unified uh, because we don't, we don't get how rich, how deep, how overwhelming this is. And so I don't know. I just had to write about all of these things that God is teaching me and continuing to teach me. Can we talk a minute about scripture memorization? How important is that for you in your faith life? It has been huge. I will be honest. I My mind is getting messed up. I, di- I just think there's so much stimulation, so much input, so much entertainment or education. 
and it's 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 almost making it harder and harder to meditate on a few things and memorize, right? Because you don't want to miss out on all the news you could have and and what's going with all these people. But when you do that, you lose the ability to truly focus on a few things, you know, like I used to be able to in the early days. I heard you say at If Gathering, you said that you had felt foggy in your mind because Mm -hmm. of all the news you were taking in and how you had to take a break from that. A, makes people like Annie feel better if... Francis Chan is having a trouble with how much the internet is offering. So how can you talk a little bit about your rhythms and boundaries you've drawn as we're all Mm. trying? So for me, I plug my phone in across the room when I go to bed now. So that's one of my rhythms. What are some of the rhythms you have to try to simplify? Oh gosh. It's, there's so many uh, things. And, and again, please don't take this like, Oh, he's got this nailed. I mean, here's what I try to do. Um, you know, because my mind, you, you never see those, uh, you know, like those, the, that bingo game where there's all those balls rattling around, like that is my mind. God is one of those balls and, and it drives me nuts that I have so many things bouncing around in here. And so I'm trying to just take these things out and say, you know what, first thing in the morning, I'm not going to check my messages. I don't care. Uh, the most important thing is that I really come before my creator and praise him that I have another day of life. I mean, he determines whether I had another day of life. And so why would I run to anyone else? Nothing is as urgent as this. I've got to get on my knees and join with heaven as they're screaming, holy, holy, holy. I have to think about that throne because we pray we go you know as it is in heaven that's why we want it here and in heaven they've been worshiping god all night and so i just want to not start worshiping but join into their worship and go i'm right here with them lord holy 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 and worthy is the lamb who was slain here i am just another being on the outskirts of that throne going oh Yes, God, it is about you. Otherwise, I will jump onto my phone and listen to all these messages that are about me. Um, And suddenly I'll think that I'm central because all these people need to get my attention and I need to quickly respond to them. No, I don't want to start my day that way. I want to start my day going, you know what? I'm just another little speck around this throne and it is about you, and I want this day to be about you, and hallowed be your name, not mine. Yeah. A lot of people talk about starting their morning in Scripture, and, and some will push back and say, but I'm better at night. Like, I'd rather read before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a morning gal with you. Well, you're not a gal, but I'm a yeah. morning gal with you. <laughs> um, because I feel like it sets up my day, how are your rhythms yeah. different in the evening? You know— it's a little bit different having uh, seven children, grandchildren, you know, wife, just life. It just feels so busy. Um, it feels like the day gets busier as it progresses. You know, after school's over, then the kids are there. And, uh, and then ministry and the, all the people, you know, our, our front door is just wide open. So people are just coming in and out. And so it's kind of like a... A uh, little bit of reflection at the end of the day, but honestly, I'm just spent and I'm exhausted. And so uh, it's not typically a quiet time for me at the end of the day. That's what I found, too, is that the morning is the only time people don't expect me to respond. Yeah. Any other time yeah. the rest of the day, they the world oh, is expecting good. me to respond. And so in the morning, no one's texting me that is more interesting to me than what I'm reading in the Bible. Exactly. Yeah, the morning times, you're right. And the people who are up early in the morning, usually it is because they're, you know, getting together with the Lord. It's not because they're anticipating my response. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) As you've uh, led in this space for so many years, I'm 40. So I'm the generation who we read Crazy Love in college. Right. So my peers and I have been shaped by your leadership for Mm -hmm. two decades, probably. Um, 
How, what have you seen change about unity in the church since mm. you started doing this, really? Yeah, it's really gotten worse and worse. It's to the point where it just doesn't make any sense to me, which I think it's good. I think there are people listening, the younger generation. In fact, I ran into two people yesterday randomly, younger people, you know, early 20s, just they're done. They're done with all these denominations and uh, they, they're, they don't even know how, you know, what to, how to move forward. They just know this doesn't make sense. It maybe made sense to your generation, but it doesn't to mine. If this is what Christ called us to, this perfect oneness, all of this doesn't make sense. And I think there's a rising generation because it's gotten so ridiculous. And now it's not even just, you know, this big schism of, of, of you know, when the church split into two or to three or to four or to eight or to a thousand or now, you know, I, some people say over 30,000 denominations. I, I go, okay, it's not even that anymore. It's the churches themselves within those denominations splitting. And then it's not even that anymore. It's individuals that are going, you know what, I'm just going to start, and I'm not saying this because you're on a podcast, I'm going to start my own podcast, and I'm going to get my own followers, and so it's not even about individual churches or church splits, it's about every man or woman for himself, and and it's like, this is outrageous, and I'm going to bash everyone else that doesn't follow my theology, and whenever I think that they're off, I'm going to share it to the world, and and I'm going, okay, I get it. I see some of that in Scripture, but let's be awfully careful that you are not bashing someone that has the Holy Spirit of God within them, a son or daughter of the almighty, holy God, you be careful with your lips and you speak with that gentleness and all humility that is a fruit of the spirit. And, and we don't have that nowadays. We have people go, oh yeah, this person's an idiot, you know, like, like just it. And, and that's, that's the clickbait, you know, Annie Downs is a heretic. Ooh, I'll click that. Right. You know, but Jesus loves you. Everyone says that. No one's going to click that. And you guys, we are saying some blasphemous things. And we need to be very, very careful of because God loves his church and he wants the unity and it grieves the Holy Spirit of God, Ephesians 4 says, when we are divisive and we have all of this slander going on in our circles. How do we know when is the right time to speak out against what someone is doing? Is it ever right? Or do we always stay quiet because we want to unify? Or how do we know yeah. when is the right time for us to do something as individuals? Yeah, I mean, that is where you have to be so close to the Holy Spirit and so knowledgeable of the scriptures because I am not promoting like unity at the expense of truth or holiness. God commands these things. He hates sin. He hates, 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 hates sin in a way we can't even understand, in a way we cannot comprehend because that is what brought forth the cross. Uh, that, that supreme sacrifice is his hatred of sin that Christ had to pay the penalty for it. And so we can't just go, oh, whatever you're doing is fine. No, we have to get rid of the sin in the church. And he hates lies, especially lies about him. And so we have to fight for truth. And so this is not saying, hey, don't, you know, this relativistic, uh, don't worry about truth. Don't worry about sin. Let's just all get along. No, 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 no. But I think people that tend to fight for truth and fight for holiness can also diminish his command for unity and his desire for it. That feels like the challenge, Pastor Chan, is yeah. how do we... The, the balance, I think, feels so hard to find is the balance of 
loving our neighbors well, our church neighbors. I don't even want to talk about the world yet, but we're going to. But loving yeah. our church neighbors well. And so many of my friends feel very strongly that they need to stand up for what is true because there are people in what they would consider, there are people in the church who who are teaching, or who are heretics, who are teaching false teaching. We just ask yeah. the Holy Spirit? Yeah, Here, here's what I would say. I would say it starts with humility it starts with what I was talking about. Okay, even right now, Annie, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I'm thinking, okay, Francis, are you loving Annie right now? Or are you just recording a podcast? And I'm going, God, I, you know what? I don't want to get in this mode. I want to think of her as your daughter and challenge her. Like, did you get before the father this morning? Did you picture his throne and all of his glory and all of that power and just with with innumerable angels like all oh, just screaming his glory were you did you join them and just go ah oh, this is i love being here and to think that that being is looking at annie and saying, I have this desire for her spirit, like no one on the planet desires her. I want her. I want to be one with her. And, you, and, and did, you, did you comprehend like his forgiveness of you through the blood of Jesus to where you're like, you know, you're trembling on one hand, like who am I standing before? Who am I kneeling before? Who am I weeping before? And at the same time, you're feeling this sick security and and this blown away that he would love you you know as you're in this low low inconceivable space then you you look over and you go oh there's my brother francis he's 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 bawling his eyes out he's shaking before this god he's overwhelmed by god's glory okay now let's talk now let's talk about if you see sin in my life from that position before the throne. You know, let's talk about where I think you may be off in your understanding. The conversations are a lot different when you picture him properly and you get the perspective of who you are in his presence. Now my prayers to him are different. Uh, once I see him, it changes the way I pray. That was what crazy love was about. Stop just closing your eyes and talking. Imagine him. Know who he is. It'll change the way you talk to him, and it'll change the way you talk to other people. That's what it, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking about if I did that every time before I left an Instagram comment or every time before I gossiped about another church in Nashville or every time before I thought about someone else who did my job and had opinions about it, how different yes. would it be if I pictured them kneeling beside me? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And challenging them to do that. And, and, and you can, it, it'll change you. Okay. Like it has to happen with you. And then, and then it spreads from there because, okay, for example, I listened to an interview I did not that long ago, and I hate listening to myself. Oh, yeah. You know? so why'd you right? do it? I don't do it's it. It's <laughs> the worst because there was a comment made. I'm okay. like, what did I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I listen and I go, oh, I don't like how I sounded because I could hear. And, I, you know, we know what's going on in our mind when we speak. Other people may not. But we know. And I go, you know what? I'm insecure right there. I'm defensive right there. I'm proud right there. And what that showed me was I was not close to God at that moment. Because if I'm proud, that's a sure sign that I was not close to the throne at that moment. Pride is, I used to just confront pride, like, oh, you're arrogant, you're arrogant. It's like, that's not what this is about. There's a deeper problem. You're proud because you're not close to the throne. Those high angels that are right in the presence of God are not being proud. They are just day and night, holy, holy, holy. 
And that's why, you know, all through First John, he says, if you say you're close to him and you have fellowship with him, you know, but you're this and this and this, you're a liar. Okay, because when we're close to God, there's going to be a humility. And it's helped me as, as people say awful things and write awful things. You just go, oh, Lord, help her, help him. I just want them to be close to you. When there's a closeness to you, there's going to be humility. There's going to be a gentleness. And so when I see abrasive things come out of my mouth and uh, an attitude that I don't like, I don't just get mad at myself. I seek God and go, God, I need to get closer to you because I don't, I don't want to spread that. I'm, I'm adding to the problem when I'm not close to you. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Features. You know that terrible feeling when your sock slips off your heel and down in the black hole of your shoe during the day? It's the worst. The truth is that not all socks are created equal, but I can tell you which ones are the best. Features is obsessed with making the perfect socks. Ones you don't have to think about because their custom-like fit means they don't slip, they don't bunch, and they certainly don't give you blisters. I love wearing features for workouts and everyday life. Because they're so comfortable, it feels like they're shaped specifically for my feet, and they stay right where they belong. There are no annoying toe seams, and the fun colors make matching socks on laundry day very easy. My prediction is that you'll quickly become obsessed with their socks, too. You'll get the support you're looking for with targeted compression around your arch. You'll get the cool, dry comfort and performance you're looking for. You'll get the customer service you're looking for with their lifetime guarantee. If you're unsatisfied with Features at any point, they'll send you a replacement pair, no questions asked. Features is challenging you to try a pair, and if they're not the best socks you've ever worn, they will take them back, y'all. They're so confident that you'll love their socks that they've also given our friends $10 off your first pair of Features when you go to features.com slash sounds fun. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, see features, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash sounds fun for $10 off your first pair of features. And now back to our conversation with Pastor Chan. My favorite chapter, well, I loved how in, in Until Unity you explained denominations I thought that was really helpful because I don't know that I've done enough work understanding where that came from. Yeah. But the chapter you wrote, which is kind of what you're talking about, where it said it must start small. I mean, yeah. so much of the unity, from what I'm understanding you say, the unity we long for in the church actually starts with our time with God by ourselves. Yeah, it does. And that's the thing, okay? Uh, I grew up in this last generation of what we call church, where it was about a lot of things uh, besides you really connecting with him. In other words, I, 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 I said this to the elders, you know, we were, we were praying a couple weeks ago, the elders at the church, we were just talking about how we've missed a lot of things and we have not seen ourselves and we need to see ourselves like the receptionist at the ER. Okay. No one is coming to see us. And if they want to see us, we have to tell them, look, I, I don't know what I can do for you. Okay. All I want to do is get you into a room with a great physician. There's this physician and you've got to be alone with him. My only job is to get you in that room. Okay, you didn't come to see me. I hope you didn't come to see me. Um, no one comes to see me. They shouldn't. If you did, then you're off. If the, the only reason you'd want to see me is because I can get you to him. I've got, I, I can get you access to him. And he is going to change you. And this is not the mindset. And so that's why for years people are like, oh, I want to hear Francis. I want to, you know, hear this preacher. I want, I want to go to this person's church. And it's not, I want to know the creator who says he wants to know me. Can anyone help me? Just point me in this direction. I, by myself, am going to go after him. 
And then if that is truly what is happening, then when you get together, then suddenly you're having these conversations like, can you believe him? Can you believe, you know, he did this surgery on me and found all sorts of things wrong with me. But people have been satisfied with the receptionist and they're blaming the receptionist and and just you know we as elders were just going we've got to see ourselves in this we're taking on too much and people are not satisfied they go oh we've experienced church i've experienced christianity it doesn't do anything for me and now there's more and more people in our position who have become public figures that go you know what i don't think i believe this anymore I am walking away from my belief system. And I go, how do you do that? And I realize it's because it's a belief system to you. I'm walking away from my parents' belief system. If you encountered him, you don't walk away from that. Moses doesn't walk off of Mount Sinai and go, I'm going to walk away from my belief system. Right. Right? Even Job Peter. Even Peter, right? Yeah. What a belief uh, they, system. Yeah. The people who encountered the resurrected Christ, do the disciples walk out of that room after Jesus appears to them and go, oh, I'm going to walk away from my belief system. Do, 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 they, do they have these tongues of fire land upon them and these miracles work? And they go, I'm going to walk away from my belief system. No, people do this because they never encountered him. They encountered a preacher. They encountered a service that felt great, but they don't know him. I'm sorry for going long on this, but I am so passionate. Okay, Isaiah 29, 13 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught to them by men. So this is just someone taught you to fear God. Maybe you, even you read Crazy Love or you heard a Francis Chan sermon and he's told me to fear God. So I began to fear God. I taught you the fear of God. God did not teach you the fear of God. That's why when, when, when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He goes, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father from heaven. That was not man that taught you that. You encountered him. You experienced him. And it's upon this, Peter, that the church is going to be built. And there are too many people that listen to us and have never encountered him. Yes. So where do they go? So they let, let's if they stop the podcast right now to mm -hmm. encounter God, what what do they pray? What do they ask? Where do they go sit? What's the next move? Okay. This is something John chapters 13 to 17. You're like everybody uh, memorize it. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. It is and I think there's something crazy that it's been I believe exactly 40 years for me. And it is just now that God has been revealing, like, this is it, stay in here, because there are deep, deep truths. These are, this is the treasure. You know, some people call this the holy of holies of, of Scripture, because it was Jesus before he died. This is what I want to say to you. And there are truths about God and who he is, the father and son interacting and the love they have with one another and inviting us into that. I, I mean, I just can't, I can't say enough, but get alone, get alone with the scriptures, talk to God about these truths. Um, but you, you need to, it, it has to come from inside of you. It can't even be us. It's, 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 it's saying God. I need this. I need you to stir in me. The Bible says one of the first verses that was told to me uh, was, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? Uh, and if anyone opens the door, I'll come into him and I'll, I'll, I'll dine with him. That's Jesus. If you hear this, it's, it's probably not because you're listening to Annie or, or me. It's because Jesus 
is seriously knocking and saying, look what he's describing. It's, it's me. I'm coming after you. Let me in and just get alone and say, yes, I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I don't know you, Jesus. I want to know you more. Please reveal yourself to me. And to start interacting with the scriptures of what he says he wants with you. You know, let me let me read from uh, John 14, because this, this is one of the passages that really, really hit me, where I go, I memorize this? I don't hardly remember this. John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know, and Judas goes on and, and asks him, he goes, uh, Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my Father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. And, okay, again, I memorize this, but I I didn't know it. It's, it's like Jesus talking about people who are always learning but never coming to an understanding of truth and knowing this, this is my heart for people. This is my heart for me. I want to know. I want to know in a biblical sense of know. I want to know what it means to have the Father and Son abide in me, live in me, manifest himself to me. Oh, I think I know some of it, but I think there's so much more. And I remember my one, you know, there's always that one teacher, you know, of all the seminary profs or whatever, where you go, oh, he said something I actually remembered because he said it in a way that that it seemed like he meant it. He would he would say it over and over. He would look at us as an old man. He would, and I don't know if he's still alive, but he would look at us as seminary students sitting there nodding our heads, and he would just go, "Oh, you think you know, but you do not know." Oh, I look at you. You think you know, you don't know, and I. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, he is just sure we don't get something. And now I get it. Now I feel that it was almost like this groaning, grieving, like, oh, you guys are memorizing it. You're saying it and you think you know it, but you don't know. I didn't know these passages. I had so much information in my head when I graduated seminary. I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. I had a bunch of info and knew none of it. Is there some value? Because as you're telling this story, I'm thinking, man, it's just that those four chapters spun around in you for 40 years. So having them yeah. in there led to what you do know today. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. You know, and I think there is something that God is doing right now. This is a unique time. It is a special time. And God is doing something right now where he is changing people's hearts. And we are discontent with what we've called church, what we've called a relationship with God and he is calling us into a deeper oneness with him that has to be the starting point uh, to, to getting to this unity. Um, because we've tried a common doctrinal statement. We've tried, let's get a big conference together and hold hands. We've tried, hey, I wrote a song about unity. Um, you know, we've tried, you know, whatever, these conversations. And it it's because we haven't done it from a deep, deep oneness with him. It's, it, it's like, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It, it's just we have to be one with God 
and really understand the depths of that. Otherwise, our oneness with each other is it's never going to work. Is there a difference in desiring unity in the church and desiring unity for the world? Are we are we missing yeah. unity in the church because we're trying to make the whole world get along? Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, we 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 want to. I would love. I, I hate conflict. Okay. I hate war. I mean, I have friends in Burma right now, Myanmar, that are just getting slaughtered, running for their life. I've seen video of them being shot down, and you just go, uh. you know, I've been in Ethiopia talking to warring tribes, you know, with scars and anger, and it's like, oh, God, end this, end this, end this. Um, but there is a truth where... Christ said, look, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And there's going to be this fighting and the world is going to hate you. Um, and so there is some of that that you just, while we don't like it, it's just the reality. I really don't like, like it. I hate it. I hate it. So here it is. Think about this, Annie. In, in chapter John 15, he says, if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first. You know, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And then probably a few minutes later in chapter 17, he's praying for his church where he says, may they be perfectly one just as, you know, you and I. Okay, just as the Father and Son are perfectly one. He's saying the church, that all of them become perfectly one. So in, in, in these chapters, he's saying, oh, there's going to be such hatred and persecution. But in the church, there's going to be perfect oneness. I want perfect oneness. So it's like on this hand, you can't do anything about that. And so you want it, but it's not going to happen. In the church, Jesus says, I've given them my glory so that they can become one. So in some ways, correct me if I'm wrong on this, you have all the permission. Yeah. In some ways, we're putting a lot of energy as faith people toward unifying something that Jesus said was not going to happen. Mm. And we're not yeah. putting enough energy. I'm not putting enough energy. Mm. I won't even we us. I'm not putting enough energy into making sure that the Christians in my town know each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I want to be careful. I know, I, mean, I know, yeah. I know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like we should pursue peace. We should, and we should fight for that. But we need to take into account this reality that there's going to be persecution if we if we stand for the commands of God. Um, there will always be people who will fight against that. And so we just need to know that. Um, but it doesn't mean we don't fight for it. And don't it's pursue non-believers to meet Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you know, you look at first Corinthians five and he talks about there's, there's a, there's, there is a time for division and it's dividing against those who call themselves brothers, but are sexually immoral. And he has this whole list of things along with that. And it even talks about dividing against those who, who slander um, and those who are divisive. Uh, Titus, I believe it's 2.10 or 3.10, where it talks about, you know, to remove the divisive people among you. You warn them, you warn them again, then you have nothing to do with them. So there is a time of, I'm going to divide against those who are divisive. I'm going to divide against those who call themselves brothers, but continue on in these sins. Um, and, and But I'm going to seek perfect oneness with those who really have humbled themselves before this almighty of mighty God and trust in his blood for salvation and truly see him as Lord of their life. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to love them. That, okay. So this is what God calls me to do. Love Annie as Christ loved the church, just as, I mean, that's John 13. This is the new command. I need to not just love you, 
but love you to the point. And this is in the context of communion, you know, where they're breaking bread. And Jesus says, I want you to love each other just as I love you. I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to have my body torn apart for you, my blood shed for you. So Francis, if that is about to happen to Annie, I want you to love her so much that you would say, take me, not her, take me. Would you really do that for her? Because that's what I'm asking you to do as you break bread with her and as you drink of my blood. I want you to love those people in the room to that extent. Okay, this is the miracle that can take place in you. That all that self-centeredness, self-preservation, suddenly you understand what I did for you. And now you can actually have that love for those in that circle. And that is a unity that the world can't understand. And that is when the world will know that you are my disciples. It's when you love one another. That's right. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Flamingo. What are some of your routines and rituals each day that keep you centered and feeling ready for your day? Things like your morning coffee or tea, a walk at lunch, or listening to your favorite podcast on the way to work. Hello. We need those routines, but sometimes doing things day after day can get a little dull, right? Things like shaving. Well, with Flamingo, we can turn shaving from a chore to a ritual. Our friends at Flamingo want to elevate the parts of your daily routine that deserve more attention with feel-good body care products that work, like a $9 award-winning razor and shave gel formulated to help you get your closest shave. And right now, you can get Flamingo's award-winning shave set for just $16 at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. My Flamingo razors are one of my favorite parts of my daily routine. They're beautiful colors. They feel good to hold. They get their job done exceptionally well. I just love them. Flamingo was started by a group of women at Harry's who wanted shaving to be a better experience for women, too. So they crafted razors that are both lovely and affordable. Only $2 per blade, y'all. They spent over seven years perfecting products for their, for those daily self-care rituals that help us look and feel our best. And with Flamingo's 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try it out risk-free. Get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. The set includes Flamingo's award-winning razor, also award-winning shave gel, and their body lotion, all for just $16 plus free shipping. One less trip to the drugstore. So get yours today at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. That's shopflamingo.com slash Annie. And now back to finish our conversation with Pastor Chan. Is there a difference in this call or in this invitation from Jesus if you attend a church versus if you work at a church? Is there a different level for pastors and staff than there are for those of us who attend? Oh my gosh, yes. Because, okay, this is the scary part, right? I don't know whether you intend to or not. You're teaching people right now, Annie, by not just because, you know, you open up the Bible or you preach, um, but because people are listening to you. And by the way that you converse with me or anyone else, they're learning from you. And that's where James warns, like, not many of you should be teachers because as teachers, you will be judged more harshly. And, and it is, that's, that's just the truth of Scripture. And that's why, you know, he says, you know, for the elders, be careful. Don't lay hands too hastily on someone too soon. This is a scary thing we do. Very scary thing we do. Um, but it'd also be scary to not do it if it's what God has called you to do. And so you have to walk humbly and carefully and just with such a reverence and fear. And so if you are paid, you know, to work in the institution of God, just that itself is such a, oh my God, I am taking your finances. People are giving their finances uh, and I'm receiving them in your name, which is not a sin necessarily. It is, it is God given. It is in scripture, but you better do that humbly 
and go, okay, I need to steward this well and lead people in the right way because I am a servant of God that is using God's resources for God's people. And so, yes, if you are working at a church, you better tread lightly before Almighty God and walk humbly. You do this a little bit and until unity, but will you paint us a picture? I think one of the things I that helps me walk towards something is seeing the picture of what it could look like. Do you have a picture of what it could actually look like if the church was unified? Yeah. Well, I think the best thing is maybe look at Revelation 4 and 5. It's probably a better picture than I can paint. You see, in heaven, everyone is staring at the throne. It doesn't seem like they're talking to each other uh, that much. It's they're telling God how great he is. And it's interesting, you know, that scene in Isaiah 6, uh, the angels are calling out to one another, but it's not, oh, your wings look nice today. It is he's screaming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Like that's what they're saying to each other even. Even their conversation to each other is toward the throne about him. And they're with each other, but when you're really in his presence, you really don't want to talk about that much. When you're close to him, it's, it's just, can you believe what he did? Can you believe? And, and then there's moments, you know, where uh, in Revelation where there's silence for half an hour, like, uh, where there's just like this. It's so dramatic. You don't even have words for that moment. And there's silence. And that's the picture. I mean, we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, they're not just jumping to, oh, he did this wrong. She did this wrong. Can you believe him? Let's talk about this guy now. Let's have a talk show about these people. It's just, I don't really want to talk about a whole lot of people right now. I know there's a time for that, but there should be, I don't know, 90, 95, 99% of just, he's so amazing. I, I mean, this is kind of what we've been doing for the half hour, right? It's just, oh, isn't he amazing? And I can have that conversation with you because you say, yeah, I woke up this morning and I was just like, what? God. And... I can do that, and there's, I don't know the page, I don't even know the quote, I just remember something Bonhoeffer said in his book, uh, Life Together, where it's, he just warns us, if we're not having that time with the Lord, then when we fellowship, we actually ruin the, the fellowship of the church. Because now we're talking about things that just came to our mind. We are not talking about things that we got from the Lord because we had this deep fellowship with Him. And so, Annie, that's what I want to share on this show is not, oh, you know, I was thinking the other day or, you know, I was driving and this weird thought came to me. You know, it was, uh, I was in the presence of the Lord, just worshiping Him with the angels, with all of the saints deeply interacting with his word. And here's what I got. That's what I want to share. You know? And the other stuff can really harm the church. That's right. That's right. I Can we talk for a second about racial unity inside the church? Mm. Because we're seeing, yeah. uh, obviously, there's been lots of generations mm. of racial mm. disunity. But particularly mm. the conversation that's so loud right now is is how mm. Asian Americans are being mistreated. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and there's, I mean, so many. So it, there's just unlimited stories, unfortunately, mm. and God have mercy on us. Mm. What's what's our daily yeah. move? And what, what would you say is mm. a thing we can do today to be a part of the racial mm. unity in the church? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think, again, Start with humility and humbling yourself. You have to, before you go to action, before you do anything, 
humble yourself before Almighty God and recognize you may be guilty of this, of thinking wrongly, of, of just having any uh, misunderstanding or bitterness or whatever toward a child of his, of his, his child because of their their background or skin color or uh, upbringing. And, and I have been humbled. I thought when the Black Lives Matter movement was starting that, of course I get this. I have African-American friends that I care about deeply, deeply, that I, I see this oneness in them and I don't see the skin color. So I understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I really believe that the Lord has moved me in these directions. Um, but then when the Asian violence happened and suddenly they are, they are uh, attacking elderly Asians especially in the Sunset District of San Francisco. And I recognize, whoa, I'm an elderly Asian man in the Sunset District of San Francisco. And people are just coming up and pummeling them and taking whatever they have. And, you know, you just go, whoa, okay, now it's me. And now I am. And now my children you know, I start thinking, oh, good thing they're only half Asian and they won't be targeted. There's, it's different when it's you, is what, is what I'm trying to get to. Is I thought I understood it, but until it's you, I just don't know if you're totally going to get it. So be humble enough to not just say, oh, I understand, you know, Black Lives Matter, or I understand the attack. You know, I thought I did until it was me. And then there's ignorance. There's, I didn't know my ignorant, how ignorant I was until a couple of weeks ago. I was at the Grand Canyon and I was filming something and I got to know this Navajo, uh, you know, a guy who lived on the Navajo reservation. He invited us to camp at the Navajo reservation. He goes, you want to film where no one can get to you? Come on to our reservation and... As I'm talking, you know, and I'm asking, how do you guys survive out here? And he's like, well, that wasn't the plan. Uh, you know, like, we used to roam all through this country. And you just feel stupid as you listen to him. And, and I begin to research and go, whoa, there were 50 million indigenous people. And then we came and slaughter we we because we profited off the slaughter of them they started reading articles about how the temperature of the earth dropped because we slaughtered so many either by physical force or by the disease we brought in and it went from 50 million to 5 million in such a short period of time and then we 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 moved them into this one deserted piece of land that we don't want and assuming they'll just die off there and he says but we survived and we figured this out and we figured that out. and you just go I've never really thought about this because it's I wasn't taught this side in history class oh my gosh Lord how can I be so stupid to not think about how I profited by their suffering how we profited by the slavery um, of the Africans, how we profited by the slavery of the Chinese and the gold rush. And they weren't even allowed to, to, they were the first humans to not be allowed to naturalize. Like there's no way you can naturalize in the U.S. because you see these judge rulings because they looked at us as subhuman. And it, it was like, really? So, you know, because I'm not white, I'm, I'm this, you know, it's, and you begin to understand the deep wounds of why when I brought 
a Caucasian girlfriend, you know, over to a relative's house. Oh, he just starts swearing in, how dare you, Francis, bring her into my house. You know, just effing this, effing that. How could, and you, and I didn't understand even the pain of my own people. So there is more ignorance. And obviously, we just don't know what we don't know. And can we just humble from that point and ask God, reveal these things to us. And I'm learning that even right now. Uh, I don't even, <laughs> there's so much I don't know. And if we would start at that place, rather than this arrogance of, you don't know me, you know, it's like, well, maybe there's things you don't know yourself. And, uh, and let's just humble ourselves together and, and see how we can move forward from that place of humility. I mean, that feels like the theme today is like, what would it look like in, in your life, any of us, in my life, if, if our first goal was connection with God and our second goal was humility? Mm, yeah. That feels like Absolutely. the, not the magic trick to unity, but a little bit. It feels like the, yeah. the key. The key yeah. no, that's it. is humility. That's it. Oh, Pastor Chan, I can't thank you enough mm -hmm. for doing this today. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't say that you want to make sure we cover? I don't think so. I think I just want to go back full circle and ask everyone to go back to that humble place before God himself. John 13 through 17. Go read it. Go meditate on it. And not just for a day, not just for a week. I don't know. I, I almost feel like this is something, a journey the Lord wants me on for possibly years. If the Lord tarries, like, until you know these truths, don't move on. It is that sacred. I, um, I use a Bible app called Blue Letter Bible that, turn, mm -hmm. that tells you everything in the original language. And mm -hmm. every time I look something up, I think, the Bible is a bottomless pit. I will never get to the bottom of what this is saying to me. And so that mm -hmm. feels like with John 13 through 17, when you say, I think I could be in it for years, I'm like, oh, I think I could be in it for years. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. it, it's living yeah. and active and it doesn't ever stop teaching us if we stay yeah. and just keep yeah. going. Well, I, I'm, I am grateful and more desiring the Lord today because of you. Mm. So thank mm. you for Praise being God. the receptionist that has yeah. led me. Even at, at the if gathering, you said something that brought a question to my mind from God that mm. brought up some idolatry that was living in me. And you did one thing you talked about. You just were literally the receptionist that took me to mm. the right room. So thank mm. you for Amen. that. It has changed my life. The last question we always ask for the sharpest of left turns, if you're ready. <laughs> okay. The last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, what sounds fun to you? What does the Chan family do for fun? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know what is super fun to me is getting away from everything that is electronic. Uh -huh. And so, like, on that uh, Native American uh, Navajo reservation. I was with my four youngest kids and my wife in a tent without any reception, anything electronic, and we just laughed our heads off for hours. It was one of the most fun, you know, we have no toilets, we have no nothing, and but each other in the presence of God and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I just thought, oh, this is the best. This is the absolute best. We forget how fun people are because we're so used to these gadgets and we're so addicted to entertainment that requires nothing of us. Yes, that's exactly right. Well. I'm very grateful you are. I find you fun and you, I feel like we learned a ton today and just e experienced God with you. So thank you very, very much for doing this. Oh.
Oh, you guys, isn't he amazing? I mean, I mean it. I, I am just blown away by so much of that conversation. Make sure you grab a copy of his new book, Until Unity. It is so good, y'all. It's really, really so good. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Don't forget, pop over to AnnieFDowns.com and get your tickets to the That Sounds Fun podcast tour today. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here on Thursday with Laura Tremaine.